You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Antarctica New Zealand has recently deployed new underwater robots to document the bottom of the Ross Sea. The new robots conduct speed sampling, a new style of sampling, allowing quick capturing of areas regular divers cannot reach. These robots are being deployed in efforts to understand as much of the sea as possible before the changing climate makes that task impossible. I had a corridor with Miles Lamar, an investigator on the Antarctica New Zealand program, about the robots and the climate. He first gave me a little bit more detail on the goals of the project. Uh, so yeah, we've got a, we've got various technologies that we're using in, in the Ross Sea. One is um, ROVs, so remote operating vehicles, um, and they're they're little, um, basically unmanned mini submarines. I mean, about the size of a of a suitcase, and they um, they can go down the sea floor and and take high resolution images of the sea floor and take other measurements and do collections um, as required. I mean, what we're what we're really interested in is getting a much broader understanding of the biodiversity in the Ross Sea. Um, because the bigger question is how is the ecosystem going to respond to, to warming in the region? And, and to really understand that question, we need to get a lot more information about, about biodiversity and, and what's, what's living down there and, and, how, how, um, and how, those, how those communities are distributed and, and, and what's affecting the distribution of those species. So, yeah, we're really interested in going down there, um, doing these, these surveys in the next um, few years, uh, starting off this summer on the, on the Tangaroa. Um, we use the robots because it's a pretty challenging environment, as you, as you would appreciate. It's really cold and there's sea ice and um, you know, we have limited time in the Antarctic. So one way we can get around that is, is using technology and that would be, that would be the ROVs. They can go down, take high-resolution images. Um, we can then take all those images back to the lab. We can then use some really fancy software that, that reconstructs the seafloor. It takes 2D images and then it reconstructs the seafloor into a three-dimensional image of the seafloor and it can, you can also use machine learning um, so that the, the computers will actually count the different species and, and calculate biomass and what have. We get a really nice baseline of, of, the, of the community in, in various locations on, on the seafloor. What sort of substances and images are they collecting? Digital images, visual images, um, digital cameras, like really high resolution, I think um, one pixels about a millimetre and then we, we, we'll, um, we'll survey the sea floor you know up to maybe two or three hundred metres in any location and then and then we'll stitch all those images together to form basically a, a record of what's there and what the community is, um, its biomass etc and then we can use that information to get a better understanding on, on how the communities in, in the region are structured and, and what's affecting their distribution such as sea ice persistence or water temperatures which is you know really cold or you know maybe productivity in the region and once we've got that baseline information and kind of an understanding on how species are, are distributed in the Ross Sea and, and what's driving those distributions we can then start modelling how they could respond to change and that's really the ultimate goal of the work at the moment is to, to understand what's there and how it might change in the future so what species may disappear what communities or what species may expand um, you know what species may we may shrink in the in the distributions. Just really how that ecosystem is going to respond. How does the climate crisis make a difference to this? How does this make it possible that these sorts of documentation won't be possible in the future? Yeah, no, we, we really are. Um, we we are facing time of, of change, and you know potentially uh, change more rapid than than we may have predicted. And so, you know, we really need to get that baseline information now, um, so that we can we can really document 
change and 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 you know inform what what the changes could be in the future and what we might expect and you know what we what we stand to see in terms of, of changes in the region. I mean, there's I mean there's you know there's the the largest marine protected area in, in the Ross Sea, um, and you know we really want to make sure that we understand the the the, the um, how that's going to work in the future to protect the, the ecosystems and, and and what have. So yeah, it's pretty vital that we get that information soon. I mean, this year, I mean, sea ice, you know, for example, sea ice is a huge, you know, um, variable that controls the ecosystems down there. And this year um, was the lowest sea ice on record. And, you know, we really need to start focusing on what these cha- these kind of big changes are going to mean for, for the ecosystems. Do you think that the changes that are being made are going to be reversible? Well, there'll, there'll be some in- inherent, um, you know, what they're calling, um, there'll be some... I mean, some things aren't going to, are going to go ahead. You know, changes will occur because of the momentum in the system. I mean, there's a lot of heat that's gone into the into the oceans. You know, there's there's um, there's already going to be a loss. Uh, you know, there's an irreversible loss of, of of glacial ice up in places like Greenland. So some of the changes are reversible. Of course, we're we're looking to 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 make sure that we don't just keep adding to that irreversible change that that could occur. But sea ice, is, sea ice is a funny one around the, around the Antarctic because it's, it's quite variable. Um, there was actually a pattern up until recently of increases in sea ice around the Antarctic, but now in the last sort of four or five years we've seen um, we've seen declines and a lot more variability. So, yeah, it's, it's hard to predict at the moment what's going to happen with sea ice, but I think in the longer term, you know, certainly a loss is... is what most most people would expect. Is there any way that research teams and robots can adapt to the changing climate, perhaps implementing more technology that can handle it? I guess the, the, the environment's not going to affect the way um, the robots perform. In fact, you know, one of the biggest constraints on our work in the Antarctic is actually getting into regions um, that haven't got sea ice because they are the Tangaroa can't work in, in, in sea ice, it can't break through sea ice, so we rely on open water, and that's why we head down in, in January, February, when the sea ice is at its minimum, so we can get access to these open water sites that will that will have sea ice on them later in the season. So, um, you know, we, we are actually, we, we need areas of, of open water um, when we do the work, so that we can deploy the, the equipment. The other the other sort of equipment we're actually deploying is, is equipment that will be left in the Antarctic over the winter, I mean, one of the, the huge um, challenges of working in the Antarctic is working over that winter period um, because the ocean freezes and, and it's you know it's 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 pretty inaccessible in the winter. So what we're doing is developing technologies that will be left on the sea floor and they'll they'll do all the sampling for us. So some equipment that um, colleagues of ours up in, in the University of Waikato um, they are, are developing uh, a a big. Uh, an instrument, it's, it's probably the size of nearly a small car that will sit on the sea floor and it, it will um, it will send up a little um, sampler that will head up the water column up to the sea ice, take all the biological samples and all the physical measurements that we need and then it will store those samples um, over the winter and then we'll retrieve that, those samples at the, the, the next year and we can we can get a good understanding of what was happening in the, in the ecosystems during the time that we couldn't couldn't be there. So that's the kind of you know, research and the kind of technologies and thinking that we need to be kind of applying to, to answering some of these really key questions. How long are the robots being deployed for? So we would, we're just in the trial phase. So initially they'll be deployed over the summer when we need to trial them. The, the technology's just been developed now and it's still being manufactured, but the initial trial would be over the summer um, out of Scott Base. And then we would 
leave it for a year. But I mean, it's, it depends on on you know how long you leave it for. Um, and you would just program it to it could sample for a couple of years even, and then you would just go back and get it after a couple of years. Um, just really depends on what what the science question is, how long you would leave it for, where we would leave it. Um, you know, that, that's but that's why we would these instruments will provide you know real flexibility in, in the in the kind of way we can work. That was. That was Antarctica New Zealand's Mark Lamar talking about the deployment of new robots at the bottom of the Ross Sea. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.